Welcome to Digital Consciousness Radio, where we aspire, we desire, we conspire and delight in the delicious words of human awareness, driving it deep into the hearts of every being, whether it be in our business lives, our personal lives, or even our conscious lives, and perhaps giving you a hmm moment that just makes you stop and think about the world that it is that we live in today. Digital Consciousness Radio, digitally enhancing humanity. Okay, so tell us about the name Preston Smiles. I've heard a little bit about it and um, I think it is, and it's, it's got a cute story to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my, my name is Preston Smiles. I was not born Preston Smiles. I was born Preston Davis. Um, but um, the, the short version of this with a little uh, preamble is um, my father in all of his you know, craziness did something really awesome as, as a kid and, and you know people but kids in general are always watching and it's not necessarily what the parents are saying but it's who they're being and my dad was this guy you know at a point in my life where anything I would point at he would he'd say you want that and he'd give it to me wow. um, but he, he would always teach a lesson about the thing he was giving me he said you can have anything you want and what happened was is I would watch him treat, you know, these, these, and I remember this particular day in one of our BMWs, we had like six BMWs at the point, and like a bunch of houses and all this stuff. We we're in one of the, the red BMW and we pulled up to a light and a guy came up to the, to the window asking for money. And my dad, you know, called him sir and gave him money. And it was like this, like, huh? Oh? <laughs> yeah. And it was moments like that where I would see him treat what we would call, you know, people lower than us, the same way he treats his, you know, the CEO of the company he was working for. Like everybody got the same respect. So fast forward to I'm in college and I started in theater school and I was getting my master's degree and all the kids would sit in the front of the buildings right before class and smoke cigarettes and they would throw them on the ground and throw their trash on the ground in front of this particular janitor named Miss Evans. And she would, you know, come and sweep it up and she'd be sweating and like, it's Louisiana, so it's super hot. Mm -hmm. And she's dripping with sweat and she's this little miniature black woman and, she, you know, she's picking it up. And it bothered me so much. I would always be looking at them like, guys, why, why won't you just go and take it yourself? And instead of yelling at them over and over again, I started, um, I knew I would see her Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and at 8 a.m. So I would bring an extra bottle of water, ice cold water, and a granola bar. And we would just sit and have breakfast. So she would take her little breaks and we would talk, talk about her kids, talk about the holidays, talk about nothing in general, but just being a human being and treating her as she was. And months later, I was running down the hallway for something and she was like, boy, you always run around here smiling. I'm going to call you Preston Smiles with your happy self. And it was this Just moment. Like <laughs> it was this moment where I was like, huh, that's my name. Yeah. And, and it's stuck yeah. ever since. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned that you grew up uh, in the middle of, like I've had a little look into some of your work, and you said you grew up in the middle of an identity crisis. And do you think that's what yes. hap is happening to our kids of today? And, and why do you think that we get given these tapes as kids? And who does it ultimately serve? 
Yes, absolutely. I did grow up in the middle of an identity crisis very early. Um, and yes, I do believe the internet has, has changed, you know, it's, it's turned the world into a neighborhood. And it's also, it, it's being used in a way to bombard people in general, but specifically kids as well, because if you get someone young, and this is thinking of corporations, if you get them young, you have a customer for life. So what they're doing is, is they're inserting, inserting all of these messages and they're paying people. You know, I just did a video about this because I have a YouTube channel. I did a video, which will be released probably in a month or so, about the music, right? The music industry pays people to make music that is tearing us apart. And it, they give them a bunch of money. And what that does is what it, A, it already, on the subconscious and unconscious level, is programming, you know, that oh, you need to get money, you need to get cars, you need to get women. Yeah. And, you know, women are not to be respected. It's like this thing. And it's not a white, black, Asian, anything issue. This is a people issue. Yeah. Because, you know, this is the largest young, young people generation in human history. And they're all listening to the same music. They're all watching the same TV. All, they're being bombarded by the same stuff. So when someone's talking about Kim Kardashian, it's, it's, that's not a white and black thing. They're all talking about it. They're all watching the same stuff. And it's affecting them. And, you know, for me, it's highly important that people like myself and you and anybody else who understands that love is all there is, for us to wave that flag and, and to be as, as big as possible within the, in the context of who we are yeah. to create another lane that is so beautiful that they stop looking over there. Amen to that. <laughs> uh, so when, for you, when was that exact moment of awakening to your soul's purpose? Do you remember it? There's been many of them. Mm -hmm. I remember one in particular that was like a gigantic aha for me. And it was like the beginning of, uh, you know, of the journey where I was like, oh, you know, the one I explained already with my dad, that, that's, um, that was one of those things that resonated with me as a kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't even put words to it, but it meant something. Um, the best way I can explain this is that I'm a fiery person. Like I have a lot of energy and a lot of passion and it just bleeds through me everywhere. I lose <laughs> this stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's who I be. And it's a part of my soul signature. And when I was a kid, because I was in a position where um, gangster rap and violent movies and like the reporting of violence went up mm -hmm. in, our, in, in the U.S. in particular, that I went from, you know, this middle class, happy-go-lucky kid to uh, joining a gang and being very aggressive and mean and stealing from stores and fighting and beating people up and spray painting on walls and busting windows and you name it, I did it besides actually taking someone's life. Yeah. And in, in the moment of doing that, when you would do that, say, rewinding back, as a kid, yeah. did you ever have that little voice in your head when you did those moments of things that were maybe, you know, not congruent with you? Did it feel it on a cellular level for you or did you just sort of numb it out and just do it? Yeah, it, it be, you become numb, right. you know. I, I have a new talk that I'm doing and it's, it's called um, uh, Big Boys Do Cry. Yeah. And, and what, what I'm explaining in this talk is that, like, you, you take a five-year-old kid 
right? A five-year-old little boy who, who scrapes his knee, and he comes to his, his father and his brother, who at the time are home, and he says, I have a boo-boo, and he's crying. Mm. Nine out of ten, no matter where he is, he's going to be told that big boys don't cry. He's going to be told to man up. He's going to be told on an unconscious level that his feelings don't matter. So you now take that same five-year-old little boy and you make him ten. Now he's had five years of playing sports with other little boys who've been taught the same thing. Dog eat dog. To kill, to make a way out of no way. And that your feelings don't matter. The only feelings you get to express are anger and rage or shut down. Now you take that same 10-year-old and you make him, let's say, 17. And he's still coming into his manhood. He's trying to figure out who he is. But still, he has at least... 10 to 15 years worth of, be, worth of practice mm. of not accessing all of that stuff. Fast forward, you make, him, you make him 25, then 35, then 45, and you put him in charge of giant corporations. And you put him in charge and you make him the CEO of, of you know, McDonald's. Yeah. And, and he goes, well, screw it. I got a bottom line. He's, he's just, all he's doing is repeating what he's been taught yeah. Yeah. since he was five years old. And, and, and that is, has become a cancer in our society. That's too true. Yeah. So as a young kid, you know, um, growing up in that environment and you talk about the development of self. So going from, you know, a very different lifestyle being as a kid in a gang and then going into yeah. another um, environment where effectively it transformed you. Do you think that like, or just the thought that some people are born into negative environments, yet they still have the ability to transform their lives while still being in that Absolutely. environment. Do you think it's the environment completely, or is it the perception of the environment that actually alters our reality? And does it take like a conscious decision to do that? Yeah, it's the perception of the environment. We, we, especially now, we live in a time like I was just in Africa last year, in the middle of the bushes in the middle of nowhere, hours into the middle of nowhere. And they have cell phones. They don't have running water and they have cell phones. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the perception of, yes, I had a situation, which I did not explain to your viewers, where all of that landed me uh, in a situation where one of my friends was shot and killed. And it was a wake up call for me that something, there was, I, knew that, I always knew there was more. And I'll say this, there's a part and a place within every single being on this planet that has never been hurt, harmed, or endangered. There is a part of all of us that is completely innocent. And, and you know, there's, there's all these walls and these layers in front of it sometimes. And I was one of those people, but I always knew there was more. Mm. I just didn't know how to access it. And when my friend was killed, it was a jolt for me. And that sent me to um, a different high school in a different state where I just so happened to be the only black kid in the school. And during that time, I had a realization while I was in a car with, this, with one of the kids in a BMW, you know, swerving, where I'm like, okay, we're, the kids at, at, at my former high school were drinking, smoking, listening to Outkast, Tupac, Biggie. Mm. The kids at North Allegheny High, this school that's all white, are smoking weed, drinking, listening to Outkast, Tupac, and Biggie. So we're all doing the same things, we're getting different results. 
and that's based on the expectation. But the expectation is a mental thing that we, we come back to. It's, it's the perception, you know. Um, the kids at my old school did operate within an expectation, but, but the expectation was not for them to really succeed. Yeah. You know, there's an underscore of like, you know, fuck them. Yeah. That's essentially what it felt like. Mm. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to, to leave that environment and to look back at it. Mm. And then I went back and I still did the same stuff I was doing. I just did it from a different place. And then I started playing a game, a game that, that you know, I'm grateful for everything that I've experienced because when I, when I speak about this stuff, and I speak to people, I know that, and I, and I know that they get, that I'm not guessing about this stuff. I was, I was a cheater, I was a liar, I was a person who stole, I was out of integrity, and I, and I knew, but I didn't know how to. Yeah. Because there's not many, you know, there's not many examples other than that. And that's across the board at this point. Yeah, you know? yeah. And what, what do you think it takes for, say, someone to awaken to their true potential of love I mean we do we are the essence of love yet we get complexed by society and and all the me me messages that come in and out and we get in lots of ways that love starts to fade out a little bit and then we we forget about it we forget about using it I'm, the, I'm on the same journey where I went through that same path of of losing myself in the world that what I thought the world wanted me to be versus what mm -hmm. I really am and going yeah. through that journey um, on my own and doing that and um, and awakening to that potential of true potential of love. And now, when I stand in front of big corporations, I talk about the heart center and love and coming from yeah. authentic from the authentic self. But what do you think it takes for someone on that journey to really truly awaken to that that potential? You know, there are many ways to uh, <laughs> even walk through that door or even turn the computer off. I'll say what has worked for me, and and in my studies, I've come to find that it has worked for many of what, what we call the greats. You know, my, my understanding is that we're all great. Yeah. Um, and that we all, as Mother Teresa says, you know, if, if everybody cleaned up their doorstep, the whole world would be clean. Mm. And, and to me, it's our job to clean up our consciousness. The, the answer to how we do that for me and is, is what I call the three G's. The first is gratitude. Is like, but not like the like. Oh yeah, I'm grateful. Like yeah, of course. I'm like grateful for my like life and like not that grateful. <laughs> yeah. Like like moved to tears, grateful. Like grateful for the divorce. Like grateful for the pain. Grateful for the dis-ease. Grateful for all the stuff that is your life as of right now. Mm -hmm. And like that 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 deep gratitude. Because this is my understanding and science backs this up as of right now, that everything is vibrating. Everything is vibrating. And Einstein, one of my, um, you know, uh, colleagues, one of my friends, <laughs> one of my mentors, says that uh, when you raise your level of consciousness, everything around you comes with you or falls off. Yeah. And, and, and what, what I believe he means by that is like when you become the frequency of the thing you're calling in, mm -hmm. everything that doesn't represent that leaves. Or it comes with you. Mm -hmm. And like, when you we drop in, 
Do you think yes. we're on a constant evolution of that? Like we never stop that, that upward journey of that frequency going up on a higher frequency? Do you think it ever stops? You know, I actually do. This is the, and we may disagree on this, but I believe that the universe, God, Krishna, Buddha, Allah, whatever name is on the door, divine intelligence, I believe that that thing, the thing that we are enveloped in, is a giant yes. Mm. It, I, I believe that it's like, cool, whatever you want in this lifetime, you got it. Yeah. And, and those who choose to be constantly ascending, and, and in their evolution, that's exactly what happens. And those who don't, you know, I, my father, for example, my father is one of the most amazing people in the world. He's also one of the most stubborn people in the world. <laughs> and there was a point, you know, five years ago where I, and I'm still in this process, where I'm like, his life is his life. Whatever he chooses to do with that, if he chooses that McDonald's and Pepsi and, you know, uh, cigarettes and all of that stuff is healthy for him, then awesome. I get to release my concept about what I believe he should be doing with his life. And to me, not everybody comes into this, this, you know, this lifetime to, to figure it all out yeah. in this one. Yeah. And I also believe that the universe, God, births way showers. You know, the, there's these people that come through. And I believe you're one of them. And I believe that I'm one of them. I believe that the collective consciousness is calling for a shift. I think that most people don't, can't put words to it per se, but they're calling for something different. Every, all the stuff we've been told is, is now becoming a gigantic lie to most people. And it's why millennials will not take nine to fives. It's why this younger generation will not walk into a cubicle. Because they know that's a lie. They know that they'll, get, they'll be 65 and sad and wondering what they did with their life. Mm. So they're choosing not to do it. And to me, the collective, un, the collective consciousness is calling for way showers. Therefore, you are being birthed and I am being birthed. And, and you know, on an unconscious level, I believe I called for this whole thing. Yeah. Even, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And... And, and now that I'm in a space where I'm, I'm of the knowingness of that, it is my duty to, to um, access the light from within yeah. and become the flame wherever I go. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. So we were talking about um, the gratitude. So you covered off on the first one and then I, yes. I sort of diverted, sorry. <laughs> so what were the other two? <laughs> I'm the other master G. of diversion. <laughs> yeah. the, the other G is giving. Yeah. Is it is um, thinking about how you can serve, yeah. and and I'm going to tell you a quick story that happened to me just the other day. So I started doing this cleanse, right? Um, and at 7 a.m. I took the the first drink of the cleanse that I was doing, mm -hmm. and by 11 a.m. I was freaking out, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm hungry, <laughs> like losing my mind, yeah, right? Yeah. So it just so happened that my computer um, had to go back to the Apple store, so I was without a computer. So, and I knew I needed to print a speech that I'm going to do in Australia in a couple weeks. Yes. So I go to Kinko's. I get there. I walk in. I sit at my station. And as I'm sitting down, I notice this guy, this older gentleman, really agitated. 
And you know, I'm always taking everything. And he's, he, I'm, he's talking to the attendant, and he's like, I want my money back. And he's just really upset. Yeah. So I sit down, start doing my thing. I hit print on the thing, and I walk to go get my speech. As I'm walking back, he's walking past me like this. And at that moment, I remembered what I teach people all the time, which is when you access the light from within, you become the flame wherever you go. So I'm a walking, I'm a walking context. So I, at that moment, I dropped in. Whatever he's being, doesn't matter. I'm going to be loved at this moment. So I dropped in, and I, I got into my love space, and I just gave him a slight smile. Just, and I walked back, and I sat down. As I sat down, he said, young man. I looked over, and he was like, do you think you could help me with this? I'm trying to fax something and I can't figure it out and they can't figure it out and he's really upset. Yeah. Right? But what I noticed was is that I became a safe space immediately yeah. when I dropped into that love space. Yeah. So I said, sir, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure it out, but I'll try. So I sat down next to him and about four minutes went by, I figured the whole thing out. <laughs> right? And he's the whole time, he's sitting in the chair, I'm on my knees next to him on the computer and he's like, you know, I know you got your own thing going on and, and, and Kinko's, the, the clock's running. Yeah. So your, your time's going and you're spending more money. Yeah. And my station's just sitting there. So I'm like, you know, it's okay, sir. And he's like, you know, you're a lifesaver. I just got to tell you, a lifesaver. <laughs> so so um, finish that. As I, as I start to finish that up, there's this like maybe 75-year-old grandmother who just sat down. And she's hearing this and just kind of looking over at me. Right? And I said, ma'am, do you need some support too? And she said, I, I just don't know how to get on the internet. Can you help me? And I said, of course I can. So I sat next to her and I got her on the internet. I said, what are you here to do? Well, I got to print this thing. My sister sent me this paper and I got to print. So I take her through the whole thing. Right? Yeah. It, a total of eight minutes went, goes by. We finish. She goes, you need to quit your good job and get this bad job. I, I need to take you home with me. You a lifesaver. And she's like super excited, right? She says, thank you guys so much. And they start talking to each other about what I just did for them. Wow. Because they're both older, you know? And, and like, I get it. My mom has an issue with the internet stuff too. So I walk off. I go and, you know, check out. I get up. And I, by the time I got to my car, I realized something. And this is back to the G. This is back to giving. I asked myself, where were my problems? Where was my starvation? Where was my crazy mind that needed to eat something? Where was that during that time? Yeah. It didn't exist. Why? Because when you focus out, whatever you put your intention on expands. Mm -hmm. And you know, scientifically, we have something called mirror neurons. So we're always taking in what another is doing. Right? And then we have a choice within that. Mirror neurons fire off. Let's say if I were to break my arm right now, your mirror neurons, would, your arm would be broken. You would go, oh, yeah. and you would, you would get squeamish, right? So I'm real, I realized that like, the first lesson was like my problems weren't even there. They disappeared because I was in a space of how can I serve. Number two within that was like it took nothing. It took all of eight minutes for me to be to have an impact on somebody and, and to be impacted. Yeah. And, and what I've learned throughout my time is like when you focus out, when you focus on supporting people, Zig Ziglar talks about that, when you help enough people get what they want, you'll, all, you'll always get what you want. And you know, it's focusing out supports you in understanding what you actually have. You know, like we, people get so caught up 
they get so caught up in what they don't have. Yeah. You know? And and like when you're when you're giving, when you're looking for ways to to support, it it does something internally. Mm. So th yeah, that's the second G. Yeah, beautiful. Love it. Uh -huh. And what's the what's the lucky number three? <laughs> lucky number three is growth, yeah. personal growth. You know, if we if we're not growing, we're not living. Nothing in the universe is static. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Ever changing. And, <laughs> exactly. Mm. And you know, I find that that personal growth is so gigantic. You know, just just to continually be asking myself, how can I improve? Mm. How can I better my best? Yeah. Be the best you know, version of who you can be. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And, and you know, Jim Rome talks about something. He talks about the the power of until. You know. So like, do you have children? Uh, a fairy one. Okay. <laughs> one that barks and that I can leave at home. <laughs> uh, but once you were a kid. Yeah. And there was a point when you decided that you were going to walk. Yeah. And and you know, I asked myself, or I asked you. Would your parents say, you know what, Tanil has fallen too many times, we're done, she yeah. needs to stop. Stop walking. No. Yeah, stop. Stop falling and trying to walk. You're never going to do it. Just stop. No. Apparently, parents I got up and walked straight away. I didn't even crawl, my mum says. She said, I just stood up one day and just walked. You made your decision. That's yeah, it. For sure. For sure. But most, not most people who aren't genius like you, end up you know, dragging and then falling and dragging and falling. Yeah. And the parents, the job of the parent is to say, my child is going to keep falling until, mm. until she walks, until he walks. And I always challenge my clients to keep doing it until, yeah. until, until you don't fall as far, until you don't fall as fast, until your, your, your ceiling now becomes your floor. You know? the, and the very nature of us falling, even as a kid, the metaphorical thing behind it is that it teaches us, oh, okay, if we lean too much that way, we're going to fall this way. If we lean too much yeah. that way. So it, all in that falling comes the lessons of how it is to walk proud, <laughs> doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so, amazing. Talking about, we were talking about love and, and um, I want to touch on, if I could, a little bit about your journey with the love mob and um, mm. how it came into creation, where it was, and how people can learn a little bit more about it as well. Yeah, so the Love Mob is, is a social movement that I'm uh, the founder of. Uh, our, our through line is organized acts of love. So we do giant flash mobs, we do all kinds of stuff. The idea is to reconnect 3.6 billion people to the power of community through organized acts of love. And what we do is we make love as a lifestyle cool. We gather all the awesome people who are doing their thing and we go party and we have a good time and we celebrate people and we, we do things with a message under it. Yeah. You know? um, and it's been awesome. I'm Skyping with somebody tomorrow in Perth who wants to do a, a Perth love mob oh, and, oh. and New Orleans and then there was the one in New York and like, you know, it's, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic, yeah. And if anyone um, does get a chance, go go check out what you guys are doing because uh, we can spread that movement and just to see the ripple effect that it has on yes. like just looking at some of the videos and when I watch them, it's just it actually it emanates a feeling of love just watching it. So the ripple effect in itself is mm -hmm. huge. So get on there and have a look at that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful uh, wonderful creation, an amazing gift to the world. 
Um, so if right now there was someone sitting in front of you, say the guy who's down on his last dollar, the woman mm -hmm. who's just left an abusive relationship, the child who has no home, or say the person who, who uh, just lost their job, if they were sitting mm -hmm. in front of you right now, what would you say to them? Mm. Um, I would remind them. I would, I would remind them to celebrate what they do have. Mm. And, then I, and then I would, I would give them a pretty powerful, sometimes difficult concept to take in, yeah. to embody. And, and that is that there is nothing outside of you. That we live in, in a universe, in, in a, a, uh, a field mm. where we are always co-creating with the creator. So whatever you're experiencing right now, if you decide that, that either you caused it or you allowed it, or that you, um, and, and I pause here because this is where people go, well, you know, a child didn't cause themselves to be raped. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. where people go. Yeah. And I completely get that mm. on an on a intellectual standpoint. Yeah. But I, I ask you all, to, to think about this. Have you heard of uh, MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving? No, I haven't. No. Okay, so they have, um, I think, 13 million um, members, mm -hmm. and they pass laws in the, in the United States of America. Wow. MAD was created by a mother, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, because her daughter was killed by a drunk driver like 20 years ago. And she created it and connected with a bunch of others. And now they've been passing laws and saving lives because her little girl passed away. Now, if you ask her on a conscious level, would you rather have your child? Of course she would. Yeah. Would Martin Luther King rather be alive right now? I'm sure he would. Yeah. Would Gandhi rather be alive right now? I'm sure. Would, would Nelson Mandela have rather not been in jail for 27 years? I'm sure the answer on an intellectual level mm. is yes. Mm. But remember, and this is my opinion, that we, we call in these lives. All that I experience, all the pain, all the joy, all of it, I called it in. So if I did, then I can reverse that. Yeah. I can call, I'm always creating. Always creating. I, I chose my, my parents. I chose the whole thing according to me. Yeah. So if I'm speaking to somebody and it's from my perspective, I would tell them to move into and take your power back. Mm -hmm. Because so many people are operating from victim mentality. Mm -hmm. It's all about how the government hurt them or how she broke up with them or how, you know, if I would have had a better parents or a better schooling or if this then, if then. Mm -hmm. I'd say take, take all that back, take your power back and say I caused or I allowed. And now I have a choice of, of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to be, most importantly, with that information. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, um, you know, that, there's a fine line, I don't know, this, this, this side of it, but a fine line between taking that responsibility for something that happened to you that, say, was cruel versus yeah. knowing when to walk away as it doesn't serve you in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Being that your environment doesn't say evoke positive feelings, you're in an environment that doesn't feel right. So you say to yourself, you know, do you stay in that environment and accept that it's all your responsibility, or do you tune into what's best for you and walk the other way? Is that mm -hmm. taking responsibility, or is that running running from it? And how do you know the difference? Okay, so you're saying 
if someone's in a quote unquote negative environment, let's mm -hmm. say a woman being abused by her husband. Mm. When does when do you take responsibility and when do you when do you walk? And are those the same thing? Is that the question? Yeah, or, so so when you walk if you if you choose to say I'm walking away, is that walking away from the perceived responsibility or mm -hmm. is it being taking responsibility for yourself because it doesn't serve you anymore? Um I would say the latter. Mm. And, and you know, responsibility is an inside job. Yeah. It, none of this needs to be a physical thing. It needs to be a shift in the perception, a, sh a shift in the philosophy about the thing. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things I always talk about is is like nobody can change night. Night is going to happen. But what you can do is you can put a jacket on. What mm. you can do is you can go in a house. What you can do is sit by a fire. There's a lot of things you can do about the thing that happened. So the thing, how that happens, I stay out of that. The how is not my business. Yeah. yeah. What is my business is how is is where I where I go within myself about the circumstance. Mm -hmm. So, yes, some sometimes it's necessary to get up and go fast. But on your way out, take responsibility that I created that. Yeah. You know how many people go into victim mentality about relationships or about um, you know. Employers that uh, yeah. abuse their their jobs, but what they what they don't want to take responsibility for is that they saw it in the beginning. Most relationships, at the end of the relationship, the same problem they have at the end was the one they had in the beginning. <laughs> saw it then, and chose day after day, year after year, year after year, until they got to this part, and then they want to blame him or her for what happened. No, you were responsible. You walked into that knowing, you saw it, and you said no. You swallowed what you knew in your heart. So when you can take responsibility for that, then the game has changed forever. Then you go, oh, so if that was me, if I caused or I allowed, then I have my power, and the next person who comes in who doesn't represent what I say I want, I can move. Yeah. But if he has the power, then you're just a victim to it. You're a victim to everybody who comes. I would say, get up. Beautiful. Take responsibility. Love it. <laughs> and when you see a homeless person, for instance, because I've seen you've done, you've, um, some of your videos of, of, I think it was one of the Love Mob videos, and you were um, getting down and dancing with some of, the, some of the homeless people and talking about their situation. So when you do see a homeless person and then another and then another, yeah. how do you decide which one to help? Can, can you sort of in practical terms tell, like help them all? And... And then deeper than that, in some way, do you feel that for the ones that don't immediately come yeah. across your path, that you actively go out to help? Do you feel like you're interrupting their own karmic journey? Given we lower, totally. our... sorry. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't. First of all, I don't believe in the word help. Yeah. Um, to me, help is for victims. Uh, I support people. Yeah. Which is why the the love mob video that you saw, there was no money exchanged there, mm. because mm. I did. I for me personally, I don't believe. That they needed money. I think they what what was more necessary for that exchange was for the people in Hollywood to come to come to a space where they see that these people who choose to live this particular way mm. are not less than that we're all equal, That's and right. that just because you're choosing to live in a mansion and they're choosing to live in a box, you're doing cocaine off the of tables in the mansion. They're doing cocaine off of the box. Yeah, no one's different. You all have issues. Everybody's got issues. Mm. 
And and that was that was the purpose of that of just because the the just because that you saw yeah yeah was to bring was to bring those those people together and and to remember that we're all family. Yeah. Um, and sometimes all they need is a connection with another person, not necessarily a hand a hand out or um, a, no. you know it's more like a hand a hand up or just a hello and a wave and a and a yes. connection with, with with themselves because sometimes those certain souls that they may that is their journey in my belief is that is their path that is their journey and they and if they do not wish to be helped if they are not desperate to get out of that current path then it's sometimes it's you know you could, when you have a big heart and, and sometimes you do want to you think to yourself, well, am I actually interrupting what their soul's journey and their soul's lessons actually all about? Um, oh. So dealing with that, yeah. Yeah. If someone asked, if some, and if we're talking about homeless people, see, this is a, a tricky thing, and some people will judge me for this, and some may not. Yeah. But for me, if we're talking about homeless people in the United States of America, I, I have a different because I've been to India and Africa and seen true poverty in some yeah. sense, but also. Yeah in the same breath, seeing true um, integrity, like what we would call, what we call in poverty mm. in the U.S. is not even close. You take those same quote-unquote homeless people and you put them in the middle of Africa yeah. where there's no yeah. running water, that's a whole nother game. And I've been to those places and, and seen the, the regalness and, and like learned my lesson. Like I was in Tanzania and these villages bringing clean water and whatever else, and they schooled me. Because really, yes, everybody should have access to clean water, but if there was an apocalypse right now, mm. the only people who would live would be those people in the bushes. Mm. Those would be the only people who would live. Why? Because they're already living off the land. They need nothing. They need nothing. They drink the, the mud water, and their systems over years and years, hundreds of years, can take that. Yes, they get diarrhea, and yes, some of them get sick and some of them die, but lots of them don't. Mm. Those are some of the strongest people I've ever seen in my life. So when I see homeless people in LA, I know that's a choice. Yeah. My uncle was a homeless person in Las Vegas, and he died on those streets. Mm. And I know that it was his choice because those were his friends, that's where he got his alcohol, that's where he got his drugs, so why would, he, why would he be somewhere else? Why would he go and get a 9 to 5 and work 40 years to be unhappy the whole 40 years to get out to get a pension and barely make it? Mm. The whole system is screwed up. So I don't, I don't judge or look at them like they're less than. Like they're doing their thing. That's a choice. Yeah. And a lot and of that, that comes into their you know, what they attribute the meaning of life to be. And I think the, the beautiful philosophers of like of our time being Viktor Frankl and, say, Joseph Campbell, that, mm -hmm. you know, they do state that we are the ones that attribute the meaning to life. So in a world of duality that we live in, and, and being that there is that universal balance of, say, the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, yet the universal duality we have is there so we can actually know the difference between good and bad. So if, we all, if all we had in the world of, say, love, if all we had was love and nothing else and no duality to allow our human self to identify the difference, would we in fact know that it's actually love if yeah. we didn't have the duality? So it almost tells me that we have to have these elements as, you know, on both sides so we have the ability to make the call on what, what is the difference and then we can then attribute that meaning to, um, to that world. I'll add a caveat to that. So for me, that's a, a yes. Mm. 
the part that I would add to it, and, and this is where I do my best to operate from, I don't do it all the time, but I do my best to operate from, is that the entire thing is love. So what I would call bad is still love. What I would call good is still love. That I'm enveloped in it. That I cannot be separate from it. Yes. And that, you know, that I, if, if I'm just energy, according to science, energy never dies. So then I am an ageless, deathless, changeless being made in the spiritual image and likeness of God. And if I am that, then I am infinite. And that, that's magic. I have nothing else to worry about if that's the case. It's like, all sweet. <laughs> yeah. All of it's awesome. Yeah. You know? In yeah. hindsight, how many people would look right now and just think back to five years ago when you had that breakup and you thought that was it. Like, fuck, my life's over. <laughs> and then two years later, you met that one. Yeah. And then that one became the two. And then, you know, like it just, people... Ah, yeah, and awesome. relationships often teach us the most about ourselves if we're open to it, if we're aware to it, aware aware sure. for it. You know, with the the um, being in relationships with people, I think often serve us more than anything else. Our individual journey, our soul's purpose, and t teaches us things um, uh, about ourselves in such a in such an in depth way. Um, what do you feel about that? Because you've got a, you know, you're, you're with a with a, another I call sort of a shining light, being the beautiful Alexi, and you know the two of you together is so bright. I think we all need sunnies because it's just beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But what has that journey taught you so far? Uh, yeah, relationships are the greatest transformation course you could ever take. Mm. Like, it's it's taught me everything. You know, I was I was in um. I'm meeting the other day with a group of powerhouses. These people are doing gigantic things in the world. And one of the questions was, was name something in the last year that has been your biggest win. And for me, I explained to the group that, you know, sometimes I, I would go to these people years ago to uh, human design. Have you ever heard of that, human design? People do your human design chart. It's sort of like astrology, right? So I'd go to get my chart done and human design chart and all of the stuff and all of them, no matter where I was in the world, they would all say the same thing. And they would say that you're here to do great things, but, but you will never be as great as you can be until you have a partner, a partner in shine. And, and you know, two years ago, I went into that process. I became, you know, celibate and uh, I started like, you know, really calling in the one. And she appeared. And my biggest win in the last year has just been ha having the opportunity to be with such a magical, beautiful being yeah. and to create all of this stuff. We're staring at the same mountain, you know? Like, yeah. you look at this, hey, come here. Um, you, you, look, you take this person in, right? Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, I was modeling and doing all of this stuff, but at the same time, I was reading voraciously anything on consciousness, anything, yeah. Deepak Chopra, Wayne, anything, anybody you could name. I was, you know, consuming it. Yeah. And I used to tell my clients, not even believing it for myself, comes in here. Um, I used to, I used to tell my clients, not even. <laughs> this is who we're talking about, guys, on the other side. Yes. Um, I used to tell my clients that, you know. Right now, and this is, I literally remember this, I, I used to do this all the time, I would say, right now, your partner, your one, mm -hmm. is on her journey, on his journey, doing this thing, yeah. you know, scrapes, yeah. falls, breakups, all of that stuff, and you're on yours, doing your thing, and when you come into alignment with who you are, when you come into alignment with who you are, who you be, what's going to happen is you're going to be in the grocery store, 
and bang, yeah. you will meet. Yeah. And my biggest win in the last year was that, was, was having this little love nugget right here. <laughs> love, <laughs> love nugget. I like to jump on <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, almost daily. Um, but yes, everybody, this is Alexi Panos. Hi. Go to her YouTube channel as well. Um, yes, check out her channel, very cool. Yeah. I learned all my tricks from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Bruce Lipton talks about, like he talks about us being noble gases, you know, that we have to get to a point that in the in the uh, periodical chemistry chart that over in this side, over in the right side, they're the ones that can only mix and create and connect with another noble gas, another, oh. whereas all the other ones they have to have, the ones that are less noble, uh, can mix in and create all these chemicals um, that, yeah. you know, and all these oh. horrible chemicals that you get. But effectively, when I see you two, I think, oh, there's there's a pair of noble gases. <laughs> nice. nice. When she's having gas later, yeah. I'll remind Yeah, yeah, her. yeah. I know, it's kind of, the terminology is quite quite funny. But, yeah, me and my girlfriend laugh about that all the time. <laughs> but, but he talks about that, old Brucey, so it's a, it's a very interesting, interesting sort of term. <laughs> But you know, one's called you a noble gas before. Yes. yes, yes, we have new names to call each other. Too. Yes. <laughs> Instead of love nugget, noble gas. Noble, noble gas. gas. Yep. All right, I'm taking off. Lovely nice to meet you. How can people get hold of you for a second? What's that? How can people get hold of you and what you're doing? Oh, so alexipanos.com and at alexipanos everywhere on the web. You can find me. Brilliant. Thank you. She's out there. I'm out there. I'm mm. around. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, so that's that's been an amazing uh, uh, an amazing insight, and that's a really true um, a true sense. I'm sure a lot of people will uh, will resonate with it. Now you also talked, and we'll, we'll wrap up soon. But we also talked about the um, the system, and I totally agree with you. The system is broken. It doesn't really work for us anymore. It doesn't serve us anymore. How do you feel with the current economic system? That the impact that it has on the mission to come from a place of love. Can the two work in harmony when one feeds an ego and the other nourishes the soul? And how do you see that sort of, how do you see us sort of um, breaking that down? <laughs> yes. So the answer is for me, yes, they can work in harmony. They are working in harmony. Yeah. Um, already. Yeah. To me, there's, there's um, people are innately beautiful. They're innately good. And like under, under all of our, our learnings, mm. uh, what did Einstein say? He said that the only thing that gets in the way of my learning is my education. <laughs> you know, un under all of our education is like the truth of us. And I'm watching it. I am living proof of it. I'm a dude who's, who started making YouTube videos, mm. and now I'm about to go speak for 5,000 people. And that's happening a lot. That is not a coincidence. There is a shift happening. And what's happening, even on what I would call one of the most, the worst companies, the food industry, to me, is just like, ah, oh, they're killing us. They're killing us slowly. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I'm, I've always been, a, a, you know, a big, like, McDonald's. Like, I'm not such a fan of McDonald's. But even McDonald's, you know, a few years ago, they... they created their parfait menu and they everybody's trying everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. We went to dinner the other night and they had the regular menu and then they were like, oh, um, are you guys vegetarian? Or, and we're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, we have a vegan menu. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Five years ago, nowhere had a we vegan menu. That. <laughs> See that saying? Like yeah. we're at a chain and they pull out a vegan menu. Yeah. You know, it's, the shift is happening and the conglomerates, these big, you know, uh, they're all holding on and they want, they want a part of it. They want, to, they want to stay in. So what they're doing is that they're shifting with the consumer. As the consumer gets smarter, they, they shift. Yeah. It, it, it may not be for the right reasons right now, mm. but what they'll learn, and that's, that's your job, that's my job, mm. is, is like you can have both and. Yeah. For the longest, we have been playing this like either or game. Like either I go for my bottom line and I make, make money and I kill, 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 or... I'm altruistic and I, and I save the babies in Africa and I da 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 da. Like, no. What, what companies are learning now, because the consumer is getting smarter, is that you can do both. You can be a good person, a good company, serve the planet, and make a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. You know, for benefit. Mm -hmm. I have a, a, a friend who made, uh, and it's going to blow up. Hear my words now. It's going to blow up. The. Um, uh, not the Fortune 500, the Game Changers 500. GameChangers500.com. Nice. nice. You're first, people. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's taken the 500 for benefit companies, the 500 best companies in the world, and he's creating this thing where they get to play with each other and say, Yes, you're doing good. Yes, I'm doing good. Let's all keep doing good. Yeah. And, and we're just going to shift it. Love it. Love it. I'm definitely uh -huh. checking that out. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I've always had, talking just quickly on like religions and things like that, I've always had the belief that all religions and spiritual beliefs, they serve the same message being love and understanding. Mm -hmm. However, once a belief becomes institutionalized and it becomes an, an us against them sort of mentality, I feel the fabric mm -hmm. of that message becomes humanized, individualized, and we, we pretty much lose that essence of the true meaning of that spiritual belief or religion. Do you think there will always be in the world that we live in and we are seeing the shift, but do you think that there will always be that us and them mentality with, because of the very nature of our human self, we need to identify with the belief to attribute the meaning and therefore mm -hmm. we automatically create, we can automatically create a segregation. Um, do you think humanity can ever get to a position where they can detach from that individual need to have that meaning that's associated with the spiritual belief or the religion and just actually look at it as we are all one, we are all connected what do you, Preston Smiles, thinks it will take to break those barriers down? Yes. Let me see if it's still up. I was looking this up earlier, which is hilarious that you're asking me that. <laughs> um, I looked up if the um, have you ever seen those statistics if the world was a hundred people? I have ages ago. I think I've seen something like that, but I can't. I can't remember the. Uh... What is it? At? Um. Whatever, I'll just tell you what I remember finding. Yeah. So, if the world was 100 people, uh, I think they said, uh, and this is the category of religion, 22 of them are Christian, mm. 15 are Muslim, and then it goes from there, um, uh, like five are other religions, and then it's like, 13 or some high number mm. that don't that don't um, identify with a religion at all but identify as spiritual mm. and what I'm projecting for sure because I exist and you exist and 
and some of my friends have these gigantic podcasts and all of these things that they're doing. And you know, I was with my buddy Ralph Smart. He has a he has two hundred and fifty thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel, mm. right? And all he does is talk about consciousness. Yeah. That is buying power, you know. Mm. It's clear that something is happening. And to me, we'll look up 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now and look at a statistic like that if the world was 100 people. Yeah. And, and I think those numbers will drastically shift. And it's happening all the time. Mm. You know, I made that video the other day, what if God is in everything? Yeah. And if you go through the comments, you'll see a couple haters, you'll see a couple people who are like, this is blasphemy, you're not, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, you'll see a bunch of people who are like, wow. Thank you for speaking the truth that I, thank you for putting words to something I've been thinking about. Yeah, wow. wow. And, and I, I absolutely believe, because I know that nothing in the universe is static, that yeah. it will not stay like this. Yeah. It will not. We are that. We are that, that beautiful uh, new wave coming in, washing away all the bullshit yeah. and, and, you know, bringing, bringing the beauty. <laughs> so, speaking of bringing the beauty, bringing the beauty into Australia, um, everyone that's in Oz, our, our followers in Oz, uh, he's coming to is Bris Vegas in Brisbane. Uh, is yeah. that right? Can, so, tell us about that. Tell us about your journey across here, when it's happening, and any details yeah. that people can find out about it. Yeah, so I leave February 28th. I leave yeah. next week. Yeah. And I will be there on March 2nd to March 20th. And um, I'm going to speak at a conference called Strength in Motion for the Isogenics uh, celebration, their big celebration where they bring everybody in from Australia and New Zealand mm -hmm. and celebrate what they've done so far, which um, I've been Skyping and talking with, you know, the, the big, the highest people in these companies and they're really good people. Yeah. And I also have tried the product and looked at the science behind it and all that stuff and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting thing because they booked me off of YouTube. Like here, you know, there's yeah. these people that, you know, are looking for it. And here I am just giving my gift away over and over again, giving my gift, knowing, and I have this, this, uh, this thing that I talk about, which is called the, the double boomerang effect, yeah. where you throw your boomerang that way and another one comes, <laughs> right? Somebody else's boomerang comes back to you. So I'm throwing my boomerang, I'm giving my gift here on YouTube, loving people up doing my best to serve humanity and what's happening over here is that's coming right back from somewhere else and this is this is one of the fruits of that yeah. me, me coming to Australia and, and being paid to come speak in front of 5,000 people and then I have another speech I have a speech on Thursday in front of a thousand I have a speech on Saturday in front of 5,000 for the isotonic celebration so if you are in Bris Vegas or close to there come out it is going to be right, wild <laughs> I'm opening up and it's going to be crazy. I'm trying to tell you. I'm going bananas. I'm, I'm going to go crazy on that stage. Oh gosh, that's going to be amazing. And so how do people also just get in touch with you if they haven't heard of you? This might be, some people might be watching this for the first time. How do they get hold of the stuff that you're doing in the world, in the world of Preston Smiles? Absolutely. You go to PrestonSmiles.com and you put your email in there. And um, I have... There's a few things coming up that are going to be really awesome, like the bridge method, but I also have individual coaching, which um, has been ridiculously amazing. It's one of my favorite things to do yeah. um, because I love, you know, personally watching the transformation, you know, of, of people getting their lives back. Um, 
So, you know, if, if that is in the pocket for somebody, like I'm here, I am not a regular coach at all. I'm, as you can see, I'm freaking wild and I <laughs> go where I need to go. Yeah. Um, I make YouTube videos and Instagram videos. Instagram is every day. So if you're on social media, just type in at Preston Smiles and I'll pop up everywhere. Or just go to PrestonSmiles.com and you shall find me. Beautiful. And last but not least, Preston, what do you think it takes or it means to be digitally conscious? Mm. I think it means to use the interweb as, as a tool to be a graffiti artist. No. To, to spray paint messages of love and lift the consciousness of our family. I love it. Uh -huh. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Many blessings to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to, to me and, uh, and embark on a few different topics there. And we, we delved a little bit deep. I appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, if everybody, uh, uh, there will also be some links uh, in this for people so they know how to get hold of you. So thanks again, Preston. Um, Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.